Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Desiree Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. You live a little bit differently. That reminds you that you've been created by the, the King of all kings, the creator of the universe, that he doesn't make mistakes, that there is nothing that he does that is an accident or turned out only okay. Created on purpose, with purpose, child of God, incredibly loved. Mighty God, I pray that tonight we would hear your truth. I push back lies right now, and I declare your truth to be strong, to be pure, to be real. That we would leave this space, this moment in time tonight, filled with hope, born out of relationship with you, Jesus. Where we realize you are the beginning and the end, the creator of all, the savior of the world. We love you. Jesus, I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, would you have your way? Do what only you can do. <coughs> Speak truth. Bring change. Let us know you just a little bit more tonight, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Give someone a hug or a high five as you find your seat tonight. Thank you, team. You're amazing. Thanks, James. So good. So good. Um, in case I haven't met you yet, my name is Desiree, and it is a great privilege to be bringing the word to you tonight. Married to Will, we've been pastoring this church here for about 10 years now. We've been in full-time ministry for about 15 or 16 years, and the greatest joy in my heart is seeing people transformed by the love of Jesus, seeing their lives take a whole different direction because God interrupted their plans and told them something they didn't know before. And so I just pray that tonight God truly does speak to your heart and you hear something and your life is forever altered. Um, I'm going to wrap up our series tonight. So we've been doing the commissioned series. Um, what does it mean to be commissioned by God to go into all the world? And um, the key scripture that this is found in is Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And I'm just going to read it to us to set the scene, and then we're going to go for it. Um, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And tonight, I want to wrap this whole thing up. <laughs> We've been unpacking what it means to have this authority placed into our lives by Jesus, to go in the name of the Holy Spirit, to introduce Jesus to other people. And tonight, I just want to declare to you that great ideas won't change the world, but committed people will. People who have heard something from God and who are prepared to go out there and do something with what they have heard. And um, the title of my message tonight, it's not the great suggestion. It's the great commission. It's the great commandment. We have been commanded to go. It's not, would you perhaps, could you maybe, oh, potentially, no, <laughs> go. You've been given all authority, go in the name of Jesus. It's not the great suggestion. So now that you know you've got the small job of saving the world with Jesus, um, how does he want you to do that? How does God want you to do that? How does he want to break it down for you? Let's make it a little bit more manageable. Um, and I've got just three main points for us tonight about how we could potentially um, apprehend this authority and go in the mighty name of Jesus. And the first thing that I want to remind you of is that you matter. Your life matters. 
how God has made you matters. What you've got is enough. You are actually already fashioned in the image of God. You've already been created by him on purpose and with purpose. And we need to start living from that place of security, that place of confidence, that place of courage, if we're truly going to introduce other people to Jesus. We want to partner with the creator of the universe. And you need to realize that it is right within you right now, everything that you need to go in the name of Jesus. I've got a, um, a spoken word video that I wanted to play for us. It was seven minutes long, but we did some snazzy things. It's now only three minutes long. And um, <laughs> I'd like us just to, you know, take a minute. I was going to buy you all popcorn, and then I thought, nah, we don't need popcorn. Just make some mess. Um, so we're going to turn our attention to the screen in just a moment um, when the team is ready. And we are going to just take a look at this. And I want, I want this word to minister to you tonight. Open your heart, open your mind, and just let God speak in this moment. God spends a lot of time in the Bible telling us who we are. It's almost as if he knew that we would doubt who that was from time to time. It's as if he saw it coming, that we'd spend our whole lives searching for what our identity, what our real name was, and that there'd be many moments in our lives where we'd let different kinds of names define us. When we've looked in the mirror, compared ourselves to pictures, and heard the name ugly, when we've been left by loved ones, people we trusted once and heard the name unworthy. When we've been drowning in discouragement, living in a seemingly never-ending crisis and heard the name forgotten. When we've had our hopes up and our hearts open only to be brought down by closed doors and we've heard rejected. When we look for infinite affirming love through lesser physical fleshly versions. When we give it away or when it was stolen and we hear impure, we hear garbage. When we go to other vices to ease our pain and we hear addict, we hear forever broken. When we feel like we're living in the shadow of someone else's calling and we hear second place. When our pain cripples us to a point where we don't even know how to let others in and we hear lonely when our past seems too gross for others to forgive and we hear disgusting, God says something else about me. It's like he knew there would be other voices. So he wrote his voice down in a timeless book of truths that would remind us over and over again in the moments when lies would block his truths and somehow make us forget. I'm going back to the source, not the people I've allowed to represent God to me, but the actual, literal, tangible words that he has written down for me. And there's some other names he's given to John 15 15 he calls me friend first Thessalonians 1 4 he called me chosen Ephesians 2 10 he called me his workmanship he called me his art he called me handmade he called me purposed and fashioned for good things first Corinthians 6 19 he called my body a temple he calls it the residence of the Holy Spirit Acts 1 8 he calls me his messenger to the world Galatians 26, he calls me his child. Romans 5, 8, he calls me greatly loved. John 8, 36, he calls me free, free indeed. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he called me brand new. As for me, 
child of God. Don't hide it under a bushel. Come on. You've been created in the image of God. Shine. Let others see all of that goodness, all of those truths, all of those words that actually mean something. Put aside the lies and step into truth and walk forward from this moment forward. Ephesians 1 verse 11 says it's in Christ we find out who we are and what we're living for. Stop going to counterfeit sources. Stop getting it from anywhere else. In the word of God, we find out who we are and what we've been created for. Let's not settle for second best. Let's not settle for what other people are saying, declaring, proclaiming. Let's go to the truth and find what God says. Capture the things that he put there just for you, just for me. You're enough. So now you get to shine. You're great. You're wonderful. You're free. You're forgiven. You're called. You're chosen. So now you get to live for him. And I've just got two ways that I think we could take that big package deal of who we are in God, that greatness that he has placed within us. And I've just got two suggestions tonight for how we could live that out on a daily basis. Living out the Great Commission, not thinking of it as a great suggestion. Um, And the first one of these, I heard this one-liner recently, and it's really stuck with me. And I hope that it stays with you after tonight. And it's just that our greatest witness is our withness. How is your withness in your community? How is your withness in your flat, the people in your world, the workplaces that you find yourself in, the classmates, the rugby teams, the running buddies? How is the withness? Because before people in your world are going to come to know God, they're going to come to know you. And they can't know God if they don't know you. You are a representation. You are a carrier of the presence of God. And your withness matters. That's how you're going to witness effectively to those that you do life with. You know, the Great Commission, it's not like a mandate to convert people to Christianity. It's actually an invitation to relationship. It's an invitation for others to find authentic relationships with you and with others in your world. You know, it's all about friendship, being authentic, being true, deciding to be in relationship with other people. You know, in the early church, we read that it was all about relationships. Like if we go to Acts 2, which is kind of like the gold standard for how to do church in the early days, Acts 2 verses 46 to 47. Let me read it from two translations. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And when I read this passage of Scripture, I went to the message version, and I read it there too. And listen to what it says here. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added those who were saved. And when I read that, God whispered to me, you do the relationship, I'll do the saving. People liked what they saw and God added to their number. So let's be a people, a person, let's be a person where people go, I like what I see. I want to spend time here. 
I feel comfortable here. I feel like I can be me here. What kind of doors would open if we all did relationship like that? Come on over for a meal filled with exuberant celebration and joyfulness. (laughs) That's the kind of place, that's the kind of dinner I want to go to. (laughs) You know, how do we cultivate true connection with people? It's a real question. How do we fight for those that we do life with? How do we care so they know that we care? How do we tell people they're not alone? How do we tell people they're loved, they matter, they're worthy? Their life has value. Um, I have a a story, and I asked the people if I could use the story, and they both said yes. Um, And so I'm going to share this story with you just about how somebody did life and somebody else found freedom because of the way that they lived their life. Um, I've got these two friends, and, um, and we'll call them Abby and Olivia. And um, Abby was well established here in this church um, for a long time, and she'd been coming along for a long time. And when she was studying her nursing, um, she met this girl called Olivia, and um, she was just friends with her in the classroom, just doing life, just doing nursing, just chatting, hanging out. And um, I, I spent some time with Olivia just this last weekend, and, um, and she said to me, you know, Desiree, um, like, I was looking for community and belonging and freedom and friendship in every place I could look for it. I was looking everywhere for it. And one day, Abby just said, hey, do you want to come to church with me? And I felt comfortable enough with her to say, yes, I'll come to your church with you. And she came along and she said, I felt like I'd come home. I found people that I could do life with. I found freedom. I found truth. I found relationship. And yeah, she found Jesus. And she's now walking with God and living her life under his shadow and his wings and comforted by him. But you know how it started? Abby just decided to be friends with her in the classroom. You know, and that is what I'm talking about when I say your greatest witness will be your witness. When you can represent God in your daily life in the classroom or the, I don't know, every every place you go, everywhere you are, the gym, whatever you want, represent, be true, be kind, be someone that everyone goes, I'll have what she's having. People looked and they liked what they saw. And they came along and they met Jesus. Imagine if Abby hadn't invited her. Imagine if Abby was like, oh, hang on a minute. That could get awkward. I don't want to invite her in. What what if she doesn't like it? What if she doesn't like my people? But she just put herself out there. She remembered that actually she's got everything that she needs within her right now. And I think sometimes we forget that we have the goods. We actually have the goods, and this is the best-kept secret. Hey, there is hope for you in Jesus. There is freedom for you in Jesus. There is relationship for you in Jesus. Come along. Be part of the family. Come meet some people. Yes, we're loud. Yes, we clap out of time. Yes, we have great music. Come along. Be part of the family. You know, everyone actually at the base of it has this core need to be seen, heard, cared for in relationship. You know, if you take care of all those other things, food, water, housing, the next one is, (laughs) I want to be seen and heard. I want people to know me. I want to be part of a gang, part of a friendship group, part of a community. And we have a place here for people to come to. We've got a community of people who care, who are kind, who are wonderful. And we should be just open doors, open lives. Come on in. Come Come on in. The water's good. Come on in, spend some time here, it's nice. And that's where friendship comes in. 
Let's just spend time with people. Let's just love people well. Let's just be a good friend. And then let's open our life and let them see what's going on. Um, John 13, verses 34 to 35 says, I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Commanded to love. Sounds fairly easy. (laughs) Commanded to love others. And this is how we're going to witness to the world around us. You know, my favorite passage about um, friendship or one of my favorite passages in the Bible about friendship is found in Philippians 2. And it just says this in the message version, verses 1 to 4. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Be deep-spirited, friends. As we ponder our witness this week, let's think about this passage of Scripture. How can I be a deep-spirited friend this week? Treat others how you would like to be treated. Love before you feel loved. Choose others before they choose you. Give before you receive. Um, In the Bible, in the message version of 1 Corinthians, which is the love chapter, it says this, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. That's not just for marriage. That's for relationships. That's for friendship. That's for your family. That's for those that you find in your world. Love doesn't strut. Love never gives up. Love cares more. Proverbs 11.25, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And Proverbs 27 verse 9, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. Get on mission with others. Do life in relationship. Invite those in your extended world into your whole life. Open up. Live expansively. Don't live fenced in. It's also nice and fun there. It's more, it's more there. It's more of everything. And then thirdly, the final part of how I think we can live out the the Great Commission is that we can talk to people. Told you it was pretty groundbreaking stuff tonight, right? (laughs) Know who you are in God, open up your world, and then maybe talk to a few people. You know, we all have a story to tell, a testimony to give, a story of victory, a story of hope. Um, You know, and as a church, we want to encourage you to let your life speak. Let all those experiences that you have had speak. Let the hope of Jesus come out of your life at every opportunity, and it should be as natural as breathing. I'm not talking about, you know, this five-page dossier that you then get out to everybody when you're having a coffee about all the miracles that Jesus has done, but no, you're just breathing life because you have received life. You're just spending time with people and replicating how Jesus has loved you, and you're now loving others. 
Don't dismiss your story. You're right in the middle of it and it is good. Share it with others. There will be something there that's like a nugget that comes alive in other people's lives because you shared it. Um, Revelation 12, 11 says that we defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And Jesus did the blood bit. So we just need to do the talking bit. Tell your story. Tell people about the difference, the night and day difference that God has made in your life. Love people well. Express something. Share. Open up. Um, I'm going to share a small story from my own life and then one from the Bible um, before we finish. And um, the first one, some of you may have heard this um, part of my story before, but I'm just going to share it again because it really was fitting with what God wanted to say tonight. Um, Will and I, when we were 25, we headed off on our big um, wide world adventure. Um, I think they call it an OE. And um, we met some pretty amazing people. We saw some pretty amazing places. And um, it was an amazing time, season of fun and adventure and freedom. And, and we heard from God in that space. We heard from him and he whispered to us, hey, hey, could your life be more? Could you give it to me? Could you place it in my hands? I guess you could say that we heard the call from God to not dismiss him in our world, but to bring him into all of those spaces that we find ourselves. And um, in this season, I was working um, as a chartered accountant. Um, I was contracting my services out to um, different companies, some pretty amazing jobs. I, get to, I got to go around the Caribbean um, on, a, on a business trip at one stage, like helping them with some of their finances. I was like, this is a gig. This is fun. Um, and I just actually finished up with that job. And, um, and I began the search again. So I was going to recruitment companies and I was, you know, telling them what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I was quite choosy about the type of work that I would take. Um, I didn't want to work for anything that involved gambling or anything that didn't align with my personal values. So I didn't want to work at any of those kind of places. And I still wanted some flexibility in what I was doing so that I could um, still serve church and meet with people and do all those good things too. And so I took a job with Lloyds Bank, which is one of the banks over in the UK, and I took a full-time job. And then I met with the manager in my first week of work, and um, we had a little powwow, a little meeting. I asked him for a little chat, and I said, look, I know I've taken this full-time job, but do you reckon I could make it a four-day-a-week job? And he was like, <laughs> you know, what? And I said, yeah, I'd really like to volunteer at my church on a Monday. And it's really important to me that I'm there for the pastoral care meetings and Sunday's a really big day and then we follow it up with some stuff on Monday. And, and he kind of like was wavering, like, oh, I want to say no to you, but that's quite a good excuse and, you know, all of that. And um, I said to him, hey, let's give it a try. And um, he said, okay, all right. If you can do five days work in four days and only be paid for those four days and it works, then you can do it. We'll try it for six weeks. And I said, you're on. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, that's not even the best part of the story because obviously I carried on working only four days a week. It was awesome. And um, I volunteered at church the others. But the, my colleague, the person that I, I job shared with, so we had this big part of the budget that we were, in, you know, looking after. And um, he was flabbergasted that I would do this for two main reasons. The first was that I gave up a lot of money. And the second was, what? Why would you want to go and volunteer at your church? 
And he was absolutely astonished that someone would want to give up paid work, time, a job that they had to do this. And, um, and he was an atheist, and he self said that, you know, proclaimed it all the time. And, but we carried on working and doing our job together and sharing the roles, and we had a really great time. And I carried on just living my life how I would live my life. So I definitely went along to all the coffees and the team morning teas and the chats, and we still did this big job together, sharing and sharing. And, you know, I'd love to say to you that I told him about Jesus at every opportunity, but you know what? It was more subtle than that. I just spent time, relationship, conversation, care. I just sat next to him, and he let me be me, and I let him be him, and we just had a really great time. We just had lots of good, honest conversations. And um, when I finished this contract and we headed back to New Zealand, um, he actually said to me, we um, went out for lunch and coffee with the team, and he actually said to me, um, I never expected that I'd like somebody who was a Christian. And it was just this light bulb moment. Come on, just keep doing your life. Be who God has created you to be. Be that person sitting next to that person and sharing your story and sharing your life. That's what it means to tell your story. That's what it means to talk to people. That's what God is asking from us when he says, go into all the world. Just go, be me, be my hands and feet, shine your light, be who I've created you to be, and watch what I do. I like to think that um, God and I made a wee dent in his armor (laughs) over that year and a half in that job. I like to think that some seeds were planted. It's in God's hands. I just have to do the relationship, and he does the saving. Um, the Bible is full of stories who are, of people who are like this, like friends, good friends who did life with other people and then encouraged people to be all they could be. Um, and one I want to share with you briefly tonight is found in Luke 8. And um, it's about 10 or so verses, 26 to 39. So I'm just going to summarize the story for us and then just read two verses. Um, this, is this, this is the part in the Bible in Luke um, where Jesus says to his disciples, let's go to the other side. And um, on the way, they encounter this really big storm and Jesus is sleeping and they wake Jesus up and Jesus calms the wind and the waves and all of that kind of stuff. And they get to the other side. And on the other side is um, a region of 10 cities and it's a Gentile region. So they don't know about Jesus yet. They haven't heard about Jesus yet. So this is quite a, um, a foreign territory for the disciples to be in. And um, it would seem when I read the scripture that Jesus's only reason for going to the other side was to heal a demon-possessed man. And we pick up the story in verses 37 to 39. Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. And the man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Go home to your family and tell them about the things that Jesus has done for you. The demon-possessed man wanted a way more interesting-sounding ministry after he'd been radically healed. And Jesus says, go home to your family and tell them about me. Go to your workplace, go to your gym, go to your classmates, go to your family and tell them about the hope that you have because of Jesus. And this man's response was that he proclaimed that story throughout that whole region. And it actually says that the whole 10 cities came to know about who Jesus was as a result of this man's testimony. The man was healed, the city was impacted, and a whole region heard about Jesus. 
go home and tell your family. Go home and tell your friends. Go home and share your life. Go home and be real. Go home and be true. Don't compartmentalize what God does into a Sunday morning. Let him out. Let him free. Let him run through all the parts of your life. Tell people about Jesus. You know, there is a time and there is a place for your story. Like your life matters, the twists, the turns, the hard stuff, the good stuff, all of it matters. And at the right moment, Jesus is going to be like, hey, just go home and tell your family about that. Just go and tell your friends about that. Talk to people. Um, Worship team, I wonder if you can come and join me. Um, I just want to pray a couple of things before we um, close off tonight. Because it turns out that we're not going to save the world if we believe lies about who we are and if we don't open up our life to relationship and we don't talk to a few people. So those are crucial things (laughs) in this whole great commission of God. It's not the great suggestion, it is the great commission. And we've been asked to partner with the creator of the universe to make his name famous, to introduce him to people, not just for the sake of it, but because actually it is life and death. There is a difference that you can make in people's lives by sharing hope and truth and the saving power of Jesus. It's not the great suggestion, it's the great commandment, the great commission. And I wonder, you know, sometimes um, for those of us who have been here for a few weeks longer than another person or a few years longer, Sometimes there might be a weariness that sets in and there needs to be a reminder, a charge from heaven tonight to not give up. Don't stop doing the good. You will see a harvest. You will see change. You will see breakthrough. It's an invitation to relationship. I'm gonna pray for a couple of things tonight. I'm gonna pray that we don't believe lies anymore that we know who we are and how we've been created in the image of God because that's what's going to propel us with the courage to actually say some of the things that we might need to say every now and again like hey there's another way or come meet some other people or here's my world would you like to come into it I'd like to pray for people to not give up tonight that perhaps you've gone there there's been withness in your life but you've pulled back you've retreated And I'm just going to pray tonight that there'd be a new understanding that you will not give up in the name of Jesus. There's a confidence arising. And lastly, I'm going to pray for people to have courage to just tell your story at every opportunity, to leak hope everywhere you go, to introduce people to the saving power of Jesus, just through your life, through living well, inviting them to joyful and exuberant dinners, letting people see how good God is and the difference that he's made in our lives. So can we all just stand? And if any of those three things tonight, if you've felt a little bit of a a nudge from the Holy Spirit, a little bit of a like, oh yeah, I have given up, or I have partnered with a lie, or I have closed my mouth when I should have opened it, I'm just going to pray right now. Jesus is going to do a deep and a lasting work. There's 
going to be a fresh wave of confidence, a fresh understanding of how He's made you, a fresh understanding that you're partnering with Him in the matter of life and death for other people. Mighty God, I thank You. I thank You that we have access to you at all times. I thank you that you are the Lord of all, that you are the creator God, that you are so kind, so loving and more for us than we can imagine. And Holy God, I come before you tonight and I just pray right now for all of us here that we would understand we have been fashioned in your image, that we have been created by you on purpose, that we won't partner with lies anymore, but we'll step into the truth of our freedom, the truth of hope, that we'll step into all that you have ordained for us to walk into. I declare courage. I declare boldness in this place. I declare, Lord, you're just removing some of the the buckets, some of the restrictions that we have put around our lives. And you're causing us just to open up again. And holy God, I pray right now for perseverance. I declare that we will not give up on those people that you have entrusted to us, those people that come across our paths, the people that we do life with on a daily basis. Mighty God, I pray for opportunity. I pray for a moment for us to invite them into your presence, into your hope, into your grace, into your love. Night and day difference, life and death, holy God. I pray ideas. I pray confidence. It's all about you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Nothing is impossible for you, God. You know, right now, I just, I really get a... um, a strong sense that we just need to pray for those that we may have given up on. That the ones that we've had some quite powerful and true and real conversations with in the past and we might have given up. We're just going to call them home right now. We're just going to declare the saving power of Jesus into their life right now. There is nothing that He cannot do. You do the relationship, He'll do the saving. So right now, mighty God, we bring these people before you. Ones that we have... um, declared your goodness to, that we have opened up our lives to, and Lord, where we have given up. And I declare, Holy God, your saving grace, your power, your presence into that relationship and into that person's heart right now, Lord, that there is a coming home, there is a turning around, there is a repentance, mighty God, into your presence. And we will not give up on relationship. We will not give up on being the light in the darkness. Mighty God, do what only you can do. Radical work of your hands, Holy God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.